would like to start by airing my grievances with TLC. Oh, boy. Well, we talked about this last week. There was no episode. Right, exactly. And you and I both said the same thing. We plan our day around being home to watch 90 Day Fiancé on Sunday night. So if they're not going to have an episode, at least give us a heads up. They really could. That's like all I'm asking for. Advertise like a special. They're going to do like a behind the scenes look at stuff and we're not going to have an actual episode. Just let us know. Give Just us a heads up. New episode January 12th. Right. That's all I needed to know. But I had planned my entire day to be home and I turned my TV on and there was like an episode of Pillow Talk airing and I was really confused. And that's the worst part because since we don't know that it's not going to be on, we're thinking, oh shoot, did it come on earlier? They got like an episode coming on after. I was What's... trying to do all this research, right. trying to Google, like did they change the time? Is it airing at 7 now instead of coming on at 8? Long story short, TLC, don't let it happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome to Reality Bites. It's Megan and Jay. Jay, how was your weekend? It was good. It was good. I did a lot of work on my truck and hung out with the family. And had to reprimand your daughter's school. <laughs> well, that can't, that happened early this morning. <laughs> put them on Jay's blast, daughter but. is in elementary school and the school is doing something um, for Africa in Nigeria. And what what's it for? It's actually for our troops from uh, our local uh, National Guard Air Force Base. Gotcha. Uh, who, who are going are... to be deployed out to Nigeria and they're going to like, you know, send them care packages and stuff like that. Very, it was such a sweet thing to it do, really right? It really was. But they sent out this thing to advertise, to promote right. putting these care packages together and they used a picture of South America instead of Africa. It has a similar shape, kind of, but, kind you know, of. when you can see Florida in the picture, because yeah. it's right there, you're like, hey, wait a minute, that doesn't... Florida seem- has a very discernible shape, you know? <laughs> right. So Jay had to uh, let the school know they need to do better. I got to represent for our 90 Day Fiance, one of our host countries. That's right. That's right. We are very now connected with Nigeria. <laughs> How was your weekend? It was so uneventful. Oh, really? I did, like, absolutely nothing. In That's- fact, our boss asked me this morning, he was like, what'd you do this weekend? I was like, um, I don't think I did anything. It's actually. one of those. One of those we can't even remember what you didn't do exactly because because there was so much nothing <laughs> that like i was like wait did i actually do anything of any real value no i did not uh but new episode of 90 day fiance was back last night man talk about some curveballs like it, there was some curveballs i just i want to jump right in with okay. mike and natalie oh my gosh a couple who started out showing so much promise because of how they met they had mutual friends in common who introduced them these mutual friends are married couple have a baby natalie's the godmother mike is the godfather you know they had this kind of cute what do you call it in a movie um a meat cute yeah is that what they call it well that's what i would call it so so they had this really cute beginning of their story they're similar in age similar in age they in like he said all along i mean yeah they were a little bit opposites but it was kind of a beauty and the beast type dynamic he had been to ukraine they went to paris together they got engaged in paris like that's a pretty romantic story in and of itself but where things kind of started to go wrong is when Natalie says there's a holdup with the visa and it's going to take longer. So Mike comes to Ukraine to spend time with her, I guess. And to investigate this holdup. Well, we found out later that, yeah, he just, I guess, showed up at the <laughs> embassy to try to figure out what was going All on. Six foot eight of them like, hey, I have a question. <laughs> just like, but the way they filmed it, he was just kind of like meandering around outside. Right. It wasn't like a direct route to the embassy uh-huh. where he was walking in. It was no. like he was kind of looking around, kind of like, hey, what's this? Okay, let me uh, go ask my question now. So once he arrived in Ukraine, some of their very glaring differences started to come to light. Now, my impression all along had been that she suddenly realized, oh, wait, this guy's not just going to believe what I believe and live the way I live. And instead of being a mature adult about it, she threw a temper tantrum. And his response to that was, oh, no, 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 I'm not playing 
this game with you. Right. And I think she is very used to being with people who either have much more in common with her or already believe what she believes. And she wasn't prepared to handle all these differences. Right. She wasn't ready for any kind of adversity or any kind of like difference in mindsets where you would have to kind of comp- She wasn't ready for compromise, basically. At all. No. And for a woman in her 30s, I was very shocked by the emotional immaturity that she kept displaying over and over and over again. And even as we got to this big fight last night, it again felt like she was trying to manipulate and control him by giving the ring back. And it was, you know, these little like games and and she was testing him and, and trying to get him to apologize and do what she wanted him to do. And so we finally got to see last night the scene that has been promoted all along. We saw from the very beginning this tense conversation where they're doing an on-camera interview together and the producer asks Natalie, do you love Mike? And she doesn't say anything and she looks down and then he gets up and storms off. Right. So we finally got to see that entire conversation last night. And what's so interesting about it is that she wants a kid with this guy. She's been (laughs) telling him that she loves him and now all of a sudden because she's not getting her way and she's upset about the argument that they got in to, she won't say that she loves him in this interview. It felt like wrong time, wrong place to start having that type of argument and discussion. For sure. And the the tension was palpable. The energy was just off from the moment that interview started. Right, because they had been kind of off and on fighting for the entire time leading up to that on-camera interview, and it's, I guess a few hours before he's about to leave the country altogether, and nothing's been resolved, so there was already that tension built up. And then, when they asked her, it was kind of like your weekend, where she said, well, she didn't, it's a yes or no question, basically. Yeah. And for someone who's been saying it the entire time, I love you, I love you, for her not to say it then, it made me think for a second, well, wait a minute, has she not been saying I love you this whole time? Like, I had to actually think about, you well, know. Well, they, they always they were calling each other my love that was right. like their little pet name for each other but again it was so shocking though it kind of threw me off like maybe yeah. I've been seeing everything wrong maybe I, it was like the uh, sixth sense where you didn't realize that the kid's a ghost until the very end I thought it was like that where oh shoot maybe this whole time she's never said I love you and I just didn't pick up on it but then he obviously said well you've been telling me you love me the entire time and now when they say it on camera you're like mm, well so the question is is she having a change of heart or was she saying it all along and not meaning it or is she only not answering the question now because she's upset and trying to like a tactic yeah i felt that's what i felt at first like it was an argument tactic kind of like you know the quiet treatment you might give someone or something Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like oh well i mean we have a lot of differences but you know you can grow to love someone and yeah it was really just very jarring to see that play out and his response i think was pretty much like okay i can understand why you would say i'm (laughs) okay i'm out he has handled her emotional outbursts very well and that had to be extremely hurtful like you're sitting beside the person he has spent thousands of dollars to visit her in Ukraine. He bought her this ring. They got engaged in Paris. And I'm surprised that he has been as like calm, cool, and collected this entire time as he has. Now, he gets up. He says, I'm going to go pack. He, like you said, he is on his way. He Time's up. He's got to leave the Ukraine. And he goes back to the apartment. And this is where we can't really tell if things are over between them or not. Well, I do have to keep you ready. Thank you. You're welcome. I gave Mike uh, back the ring uh, because I wanted him to show some action and he wouldn't. He could put it back on my finger, couldn't he? Gave you a ring for a reason because it meant something. It just doesn't mean anything to you. What do you mean doesn't mean anything to me? It's it's your mom's stone. I'm not going to keep you to it. take it off right now or did you throw it at me? I'm not going to keep something that belongs to you. She took her ring off, threw my suitcase and I was just like, you know, shock. <laughs> Unfortunately, all this happened. 
hours before I had to leave. That in and of itself is like such a mean thing to do. It really was. And her response was, well, he could have put it back on my finger. So right before he leaves, he goes into mama's room. <laughs> who, and this lady's still living in La La Land's like everything's going to be okay. It's like, um. And it would give you kind of an insight onto kind of how, you know, Natalie is a little bit because yeah. she lives in La La Land a little bit too. Little so bit mama's too. just like, oh, everything's okay. Everything's going to be all right. Keep calm and carry on, which I don't know where she got that, but. That's like, does she read the chive? Like, what, where did she get that from? <laughs> what is that? Keep calm and chive on? Yeah. You know what the chive is? Anyways. Yeah. So things not looking good for this couple who came into it looking like one of the strongest couples of the season. And then she wanted him to apologize. Natalie wanted Michael to apologize. For what, though? I, I'm not... I still wasn't clear what she wanted him to apologize for. For getting up and walking out of the interview? Oh, my gosh. I mean, when you think back to this trip, the start of this trip, as far as we know, he was only there for a week, maybe two weeks. And when he first got to Ukraine, she was so happy to see him, so excited, ready to make a baby. And then things went south real fast. I think the major turning point for her was when he asked her if she had ever applied for a K-1 visa with somebody else. I think for whatever reason, that made her change her feelings towards him. I don't understand why he got accepted. It's really strange for me. I didn't understand. Show me any couple who meet each other three times and they're totally fine. I don't believe. It's false. It's lie. I, well, I kind of feel like even before that, she was kind of thinking to herself, wait a minute, you know, something, I don't well, know if I'm sure and about th him. And that's the one thing that I will give her some credit for, if in fact that is how she's thinking, because when I went through my situation last year, I went to Europe four times in a span of like March to November. Right. And even after that, I was like, I can't make a lifelong decision based off of this. Like, this is not real. Right. This was fun. <laughs> but like, if, if I uproot my entire life and move here, or you uproot your entire life and move to the U.S., like, we could really ourselves in the long run you know if this doesn't work out and so if that's the case then that would actually make a little bit of sense if she's now realizing that they are two very different people and are probably not a good long-term match maybe i could see why she would change her tune a little bit change her story i guess if you will but here we are mike is now at the airport ready to go home she is emotionally shut down he is emotionally shut down what i couldn't figure out last night is it actually the end for them or is was this just like a fight and they end this trip on a bad note, but he's going to get back home and they're going to start talking again and then everything's going to be fine and they're going to keep trying to move forward. I don't know. She never once said, I love you after that interview. Like it wasn't like, okay, later she's like, you know, I love you or just, you know, it's hard for me. But she they, but he also left in the middle of the argument so he could get back home and then could be the whole like, I'm sorry, you know, I love you. And I, the one thing I will say when you're in these types of situations and, and they have a camera crew following them around, which is a different level of of pressure right but these international relationships do come with a lot of stress because financially it's expensive because there's a lot of uncertainty involved because i think there's also a lot of fear and lack of control and i think that's just part of the energy of these dynamics is right. that you're you have a short period of time together and you got a lot of things that you're trying to figure out and it's fun and it's there's this fantasy element to it and then all of a sudden you're faced with the reality of going back to your real life and how difficult it's really going to be if you're going to keep going forward together and it can force you to act out of character not that i think that's what was happening with natalie right 
But that part of it, I do understand. I don't know if the casual viewer understands, unless you've ever been in one of these types of relationships, how that really plays into the time that you have together in person. Now, up next, we've got Tanya and Sinjin. They have spent the last 30 days apart. (laughs) He, Sinjin, is from South Africa. My, My point with them all along has been that this couple isn't the couple that spent a few days together one time, and now he's in the U.S. for 90 days. Right. Like she actually lived there for she a few there. months. They they established their relationship before he came to the U.S. So I don't necessarily think that her leaving for 30 days in the middle of the 90 days is as big of a deal as it would be if they were like some of the other couples. Right, where they had met once or twice and, you know, they really need to kind of establish, okay, what are your personality quirks? What are my personality? They kind of know each other's personality quirks and it came across quite vividly in the argument in the car that they're needling each other about very specific things that each other does. And that's something that only comes from knowing someone, I feel like. Absolutely. So, Tanya is returning from her 30 days in Costa Rica. Sinjin goes to New York City to pick her up at the airport, stays in a hotel room, which for two people who don't appear to be earning any sort of income right now. That's like, exactly what I thought. Like, you got a hotel in New York and... For two nights, not just one night. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, there's that part of me that's like, I work full time <laughs> and I have a hard time justifying a night in a hotel room. And those rooms, I don't care where you stay in and around New York City, it's not cheap. Right. Even the low budget ones, <laughs> they hit you with like the city tax and mm. the resort fee and all of a sudden you're like, okay, this room was supposed to be $150 a night. How is it $300 a night? How did this happen uh so he goes to the airport to pick her up she smells his armpit i was like what what is this all about so weird so weird they haven't quite resolved the argument that they got into right before she left costa rica where she went out drinking with her friends he asked her text me when you get back so i know you made it home safely she never texts him Mm. they have a big huge argument over it however there was a sweet moment when she arrives they're doing their on-camera couple interview and she is saying like nobody loves me the way he does no one would ever love me the way you love me i hate like for example I hate biting into apples. I hate it gets all in my teeth. So he will bite into the apple and then give me a piece of it. <laughs> it's all the thing, little things that you do that just show me how much you care. I was like, wait. So he takes a bite of the apple and then and then puts it in her mouth like like a like, like ba- baby, baby bird. bird. Yeah, she baby birds it. Very That's weird. Disgusting and weird. <laughs> so everything appears to be fine when he picks her up at the airport. But then we see them in the car having another big argument over like, why didn't you take this? woodworking class while I was gone. He's like, well, the woodworking class was $800. Which I feel like is kind of a valid point. Like, It is, said but $800. how much did you spend on two nights in the hotel room? Well, no, well, <laughs> yes. When you factor that in, that is ridiculous. But I'm sure she kind of wanted him to not just pick her up from the airport and have to drive to Connecticut, too. So it kind of works for both of them in that sense. But he said it was $800 a week. For one week. And that she was already going to, you know, Costa Rica to learn holistic medicine. I'm doing air quotes. And because... how much was her program? Right. So I can understand. But I don't like siding with her, but I did kind of feel her when she's kind of like, hey, you know, you got to kind of have a little basis in reality so far as your future and going forward. We can't just right. like leave everything to the universe. And he said early on <laughs> that he was considering being a firefighter or a policeman or, or an opera singer or an opera singer. And, and it's and, and he still seems to very much have that mentality of like, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I'm interested in this and I'm interested in that. And she's a little bit like, OK, but you've now been here for, you know, six to eight weeks. You, I know you can't work yet, but you can bartend while you figure out what you want to do. And right. He seems very kind of anti 
the man. Yeah, he like, doesn't want. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to put into the system. He keeps saying the system. You know, yeah. it's gonna hold me down. Yeah. But I'll do it if I have to for you. But I don't want to be part of the system. I'm like that system pays most of us. Yeah, I think he is starting to realize a little bit more that if things don't work out, it might not be that much of a loss. Because <laughs> 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 uh, what he even made the comment like, you might not be leaving me behind. You might be setting me free. Oof. And if he is very anti the man and the system like living in a shed in your girlfriend's mom's backyard can't feel good to him you know right. what i mean but at least he's kind of off the grid it feels like it feels like he's off the grid in that shed back there he's talking about he wants to grow their own vegetables and fruits because he doesn't trust grocery stores yeah so sinjin who seems like a very sweet guy you know very caring takes care of her also seems to be a little bit weird <laughs> like you know we got mike who believes in aliens now we got sinjin who doesn't want to shop at the grocery store because he doesn't trust like sinjin seems like a really cool friend or someone you'd hang out with but yeah someone who you have to spend like you know the rest of your life with i mean they, these two both weirdos maybe they do actually deserve each other in the end um all right angela and michael oh boy angela's back in nigeria another person who were like how did you afford this you know it's her th third trip over there she's returning to lagos because michael's k-1 visa was recommended for denial wasn't quite denied yet but it's definitely a Looking possibility like that's what's about to happen and she wants to go over there to kind of comfort him and to find out why the visa was denied and stay relevant on the show and figure out what they're going to do moving forward so she arrives in nigeria he's waiting for her at the airport with another cake <laughs> she loves cake. What can you say? She loves cake. Don't try to swindle me because I like cake. I actually saw someone who had printed that on like a tote bag and it uh. was hilarious because you would only know what that means if you watch the show. But anyways, here we go. A couple who is so excited to see each other in the moment instantly starts arguing when they get in the car, but only after Angela points out her Botox and her track marks. I was like, did she just make a joke about using drugs? So I couldn't tell if she was talking about track marks from like all the Botox injections that's what I was assuming she was talking about because I don't no, know that, but you get Botox to get rid of track marks like <laughs> right. they're not like well I know but she yeah because he was like all up in her bosom area yeah. and she was like oh look at my track marks I was like, right. the couple's weird I don't know I don't understand them unless she's doing some sort of new procedure you don't get injections up in the bosom region you get them <laughs> in your face to me that was a very like weird joke to make and I guess it's just like she has those deep creases she has a lot of creases I I don't know. Anyways, that was one thing I wrote down because I was like, uh, is she talking about like track marks from shooting up heroin? Like, what are we talking about? Well, I don't here? think you shoot up heroin in your bosom either. So who knows when it comes to Angela? Yeah. So anyway, so she's back in Nigeria. They check into the same hotel that she has stayed in every time she's been there. She's like a like a VIP member, apparently. I hope they have a rewards program. I was going to say, hopefully they have a rewards program. <laughs> she's earning points. She's getting or free nights. <laughs> and then again, he does something really sweet. He has a gift for her. She closes her eyes and it's this clock and it's pictures of them that appeared to just be from the show like none of them actually appeared to be <laughs> that's true they didn't seem like unique or anything we haven't seen before it all seems like still images from moments in time yeah. on the show but hey, hey it's the thought that counts absolutely and then she has presents for him a thong and, then, and things yeah. get weird and inappropriate again and that's the thing with them they go from like being lovey-dovey and then they're fighting and then they're having sex and then we're just kind of like oh god they go to a nigerian restaurant 
And like, I don't know why he thought that would be a good idea because we all remember in the very first time we met them when they go to dinner at his mom's house and she chews up the food and then she can't, she's, it's so, she right. thinks it's so gross, she spits it in his mouth. So like, I don't know why he would think that she would suddenly be interested in a dead fish that still has its teeth in its and mouth. And its tongue. Oh, God. Yeah, it was pretty gross. <laughs> uh, but he's trying to convince her that they need to get married in Nigeria. And that's going to be, she says, like, I don't want to do that yet. Like, I want to wait and see, like, what happens with the K-1 visa, see if we can do an appeal, if there's a chance that that we could still do it that way. But right. then, even if they get married in Nigeria, she comes back, files for the spousal visa. It's another 18 months. At least. Right. And especially if they already have a denied K-1 visa, I think it would take longer because it would be like, well, we you, really need to, like, look into right. this. You clearly got married in Nigeria because you couldn't get the other visa, and now we got to really investigate. Moving on to Michael and Juliana. Ten days to wed. Oh, my gosh. Those been there, she's been there for 80 days. Oh, boy. And we, we pick up with Juliana celebrating a birthday, getting a bike for her birthday, which <laughs> why he didn't get her a car. I'm still kind of like, we've seen her driving on the show. That's true. So, so did she, like, fail her driver's license test? That is a good question. Yeah, and but she was super excited about the bike. She, like, really liked having the bicycle. She said she felt free. But, but anywhere you could ride a bike, you could also pretty much walk. walk. That's exactly what so I thought. So it's not like... Like, uh, get her Uber, like a, you know. So she's headed to Michael's ex-wife Sarah's house to take Cece's cheerleading stuff. And now we start to see the friendship between Juliana and Sarah really starting to form. Mm-hmm. And the more Juliana talks about her past, the more questionable it all becomes. Yeah, like, is... what is this? You were 14 when you were scouted to model. How many kilos did she have to lose? 10? Because that seemed like a lot of kilos. Do you? I did the conversion because I'm like, how much is that? If I'm doing, if I Googled it correctly... <laughs> Which is possible I didn't. It's 22 pounds. And she was 14. And she says she lost it in two weeks. I'm sorry. What? Right. That. Exactly. And she weighs like 80 pounds to begin with. Like you said, everything is just more questionable every time she opens her mouth. I don't. Next thing you know, she's in some sort of cultish church and she's 17 and she's introduced to this guy who's 34 who treats her like a slave. Well, and... He said he treated her like a prized lily, like great, until they got married right on the day of marriage then he changed and treated her like a slave and did you also notice that she told sarah that she just left didn't sign divorce right and i'm like well so is she still technically married well then when she was 17 she moved to sao paulo started modeling again and then she came back to the village just to sign her papers but then i started thinking well what about her parents and her family another questionable situation there like so for three years you just didn't even see your family or like it's so weird yeah i mean she does seem like like a sweet girl but everything about her story to me is like okay i'm gonna need a little bit more information here like i'm gonna need some some further explanation about all of this so sarah and juliana sitting in the kitchen have coffee together next thing you know they're going to the dress shop because the wedding is in 10 days so it's like right. the final fitting and again we have juliana getting emotional talking about how tough her life has been and she and sarah like once i saw them really further solidifying their friendship i was like i want sarah to be my best friend sarah seems like a nice she seems lady. like a cool lady unless she's just setting him up for the okie doke unless it's the, all the long play i could see sarah pulling the long play move where it's well, like mm. when they were in the car on the way to the dress shop she was kind of like do you feel like there's an imbalance of power and like <laughs> don't you know don't make the mistake i made i would give him my entire paycheck also you're not the house servant oh yeah i'll let it don't think i'm not gonna clean the house always 
He make a little drama in the beginning, like, ah, oh, but I'm so busy, so I'm busy playing guitar. Because, like, for Mother's Day or for my birthday, he would be like, oh, you don't have to do laundry, you don't have to do dishes, you don't have to cook, you don't have to clean up. It just wouldn't get done until the next day when I would have to do it all. It's not like he was sitting there doing all that stuff. Yeah, obviously, Sarah seems to be kind of feeding Juliana a little bit of like... She does feed her a little, like, yeah, hey, might yeah. want to raise a question. Might want, and by the way, Juliana's like, oh, now the prenuptial stuff's out the way. Everything's been fine. Like, of course it is. <laughs> of course. Things are back back on track. <laughs> and we leave off with Michael and Juliana. The next thing we're going to see is their wedding. So that's what's coming next. But then again, all along, we knew that, that they, they had got already married. gotten married. Correct. So this is one couple that is going to make it for sure. What did you think about the wedding dress? I thought it was beautiful. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Did not like it. Well, and I would never wear like a princess. I think that's called a princess ball gown. Mm -hmm. I do love long sleeve wedding dresses, but the you have to have Juliana's shape to pull off that silhouette. I also, though, think that because she is a model and she's tall and thin, that's true. she could have pulled off like a just mermaid about, gown. She could have pulled off anything. Just about anything. She could have worn a white bed sheet <laughs> and it would have looked good on her. Let's be honest. But, yep, we know that that is a couple that is definitely going to make it. Blake and Jasmine. Oh boy. So I know it's not a very popular opinion, but I like Jasmine. I think she's fun. I can't figure out why you like her though. She's fun. They're in the car and he's what like trying to mess mean with her makeup. She's fun. She has she they interact in a way that is fun for them. It might not be fun for everybody else. I think that's the problem is that everybody else wants them to be a certain way and they're like, no, our relationship is like this. And it, but it's not your relationship, so it's okay. Okay, so we pick up last night. It is Blake is works for a record company. He's a VP of a record label, and there is a show with one of <laughs> Blake's artists and Jasmine is getting ready and she doesn't really want to go because it's not her thing. She right. doesn't like she doesn't drink. <laughs> she doesn't like rap music. She, she doesn't like, like rap music. She doesn't smoke. want to be out in clubs. Like it's right. just not her thing. And did you notice how long he said it takes her to get ready? Yeah, he said if uh we have to be somewhere at five, he said. She it, starts getting ready at two. At two, so like three hours. Which is insane. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed she was like putting on makeup and I was like, she's not doing anything different to her face. Yeah, when he said, Are you almost ready? And she's like like, oh, well, the more you ask me, the longer it takes. That's when I did notice that, well, it doesn't look like you're really touching up anything. changed anything. <laughs> right, you nothing know? looks like, different. What else do you need to do? Uh, um, well. He puts on his performing mask. It was okay. a little too Nacho Libre for me. The ski mask was a little weird. He's a nerd, like I said, and that just kind of, I feel like, solidifies a little more my point. that He's a bit of a nerd. He has to perform with the ski mask on. And that's where I definitely disagree with you. I He doesn't strike me as a nerd in any way, shape, or form. He strikes me as a hipster artist, a guy who, like, you know... But the mask, I just could not really get on board with. But ever, but a lot of musicians have these like alter egos and wear costumes and, and whatever. So they're in the car and they're on the way to the club. And Blake's friends are not happy about the fact that he's running late. And he's generally a very punctual person. So they're blaming Jasmine for the fact, essentially, that he's not on time. She probably has to take that out for that. Because I feel like that was kind of on her that they were running late. Although, But also, Blake could have gone. And Jasmine and her sister could have taken an Uber to the club together. Absolutely. And it was. It wasn't like a show where it's like, oh, shoot, well, you know, set time is blah, blah, blah.
spot and you're following such and such. It was like a club gig where it looked like at any point when they the artist done it whenever they want. Yeah, whenever the artists get there and are ready to go on, we're going to put them on this little stage. It wasn't like a huge club event. So, so one thing we did get a sense of is the timeline for them because he made the comment that you know they're going to be getting married in a couple months. So it would appear that they're about thirty days into their process. Yeah, so seventy days until wedding. So they're up uh, at this club, and it is very clear that Blake's friends do not care for her. But then again, you have to ask yourself, like, they're also seeing more things that we're not getting to see. True. So there might be a reason why they're being so hard on her. And from what we've seen so far, they're expressing the same concerns that we all have. It's like, oh, you guys have nothing in common. She doesn't want to get to know us. She doesn't support you or seem to, like, take any real interest in who you are. Like, she's doing the bare minimum to come here, get married so she can be with her sister. And he kind of defends her, but also kind of doesn't. Was that Rita, the the girl, the his... Everett's. Uh, Everett's. Wife, wife or girlfriend? Girlfriend, yeah. yeah. So when he was talking to Rita, he was very kind of like, okay, I kind of see what you're saying, Rita. But when he was talking to Everett and the other artist in the studio, he was a lot more defensive, like, hey, this is our relationship. Yeah. She's different. She doesn't like, you know, the stuff that you guys like or that I like necessarily, but that's okay, which I agree with. The one question that I had during the performance. Was that guy wearing like a baby Bjorn? Like, what <laughs> was that? Like, some sort of reverse backpack on his chest? I, I thought it was a like a bulletproof vest. That's what I thought it was, but. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I told you. They're all well, kind then of... I don't blame Jasmine for not wanting to be no, there. No, that was a terrible hip hop show. I've seen hip hop shows. I used to live in LA, I used to go to like club shows like that, and that was a terrible one. And Blake said that he was going to do a couple songs with the <laughs> artist, but as far as we could tell, there was like one song. Well, that obviously could have been like the editing or whatever, but yeah, also leaves me he said that he's the vice president of this label and that he works for him but he, he also, also performs he does a lot of performing it seems like because even when he went to the studio the next day because he said he produced a track he's like oh but i got my verse as well so i'm like are you kind of puffy or are you more sugar night what's yeah. going on here yeah what what is this exactly <laughs> pick a side uh, sir. Pick, pick a lane <laughs> uh so listen they they still have a little ways to go in their journey and so a lot about them is still kind of to be determined. I wish they would show more of what Jasmine actually does like to do because all we see is how Jasmine doesn't like all this stuff and I feel like they're just not showing us like what she likes to do. Because, how she's spending her days right. and, and what she actually is enjoying about her time in America. Hashtag so give Jasmine a chance. And like you said, they are very unhappy with the way their story is being portrayed. So this could be a very one-sided portrayal of how that maybe this we've got it all wrong about Jasmine. Uh, we did not hear from Robert and Annie or no. Emily and Sasha last night. They have both been included in the previews for next week. So we will pick back up with them. But of course... Uh. Heartbreak. Heartbreak Hotel. At least that's where Marcel has been staying for the past couple days. We were 19 days away from the marriage. I don't okay. know if you know that. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of questions here that I'm hoping I can get some clarification on. Anna and Marcel, Bellevue, Nebraska. They started out like Mike and Natalie with so much promise because they're these weird little beekeepers who met in a Facebook group. And she went to Turkey and they got engaged and they had this Turkish engagement ceremony. And now he's coming to the United States and we find out very early on that he had no intention of telling his family that Anna has three kids. Mm. And finally, she goes out with her friends who are like, no, 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 that is not OK. 
okay. And she issues him the ultimatum. You have to tell your family about my kids or we're not getting married. So he tells his family that she has three kids. And his family's like, okay, come home. All right. Here's where I start having some serious questions. Okay. From the time he arrives in the U.S., he does not anticipate that he's going to be leaving because they're going to get married. So he doesn't buy a return ticket. Right. So after he tells his family and they say, come home, he books a ticket and is leaving Nebraska in a couple of days, right? right? Like he books it for a couple of days. So she says, I don't want you here. Go to the hotel. My first question is, why didn't he just pack up all of his stuff and take it all with him when he went to the hotel? <laughs> like, why yeah. did he leave stuff at her house? Yeah. So I don't know if that was, you know, sometimes, like you said, you get in an argument and things kind of just happen fast. And she might have just been like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you right now. Go. And he said all along that he was kind of hoping that, you know, things would kind of, he didn't make it sound like he thought that things were going to progress as in we're going to get married, but he thought that, okay, well, she'll be more understanding. And he, like he, when he went to go get his stuff, he was hoping to like hug her and kiss her and all that. And she wasn't down for it. So mm-hmm. maybe it was just a situation of get out of here. I don't want to talk to you. You've upset me. And that's why he went to the hotel without his stuff. Okay. So he comes back because he has to pick up the rest of his things. And it was, it's like a scene that was supposed to be really sad, but then it wound up being funny because he was like, I want to kiss you. And she's like, I want to punch you. And like the way she communicates with him, it's like you. Oh, no, us. No, like her. Like she has just completely forgotten all the English she's ever learned and dumbed herself down to trying to speak in his terms. Well, that's what she's got to do because he doesn't understand, you know, long sentences. But it's like makes it funny. It's like they're they're both crying in in the middle of this emotional goodbye to one another. And then I'm like, did she really just say no us? No us. And so he gets his stuff and she makes some some valid points. Like if you leave, like we're never going to see each other again. I'm not coming to Turkey. Don't ever contact me again. And for a moment there, I thought he was going to really like have a change of heart. But then he's back in his hotel room and he's doing an on-camera interview with the producer. And he seems to acknowledge that it's done and it's over. Yeah, it's the craziest thing. And later, I guess I didn't really realize, I'm sure he said it before, but he's an only child. So I can only imagine that with an only child, it's a little different, your connection with your parents, because, you know, I have a bunch of brothers and sisters. So it's kind of like, hey, so like if you get kicked out of the family, whatever, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Next thing you know, she is picking him up to take him to the airport. I did not see that coming. I thought, well, maybe she's hoping that in the 11th hour. Well, she said she did. He's going to have the change. Right. He's going to have the change of heart. He's not going to get on the airplane. And she's taking him to the airport. And again, it's like they're in the car and it's so sad. And like, I can't believe that this is what has happened. Because keep in mind, a couple weeks ago, she was wedding dress shopping. She was wearing a wedding dress. She said the invites had gone out. And and he was building this honeycomb (laughs) altar they were going to get married in front of. It was really a honeycomb altar. It was just wood. It was just, just like wood. the wood structure. I don't know. <laughs> but yes, her, her sons are there and their tuxedos getting fitted with him. And it feels like it might not be, you know, the happiest of marriages, but it's going to happen. It was still going forward. And, and then they're they're at day like 61. So, so he's been there for a couple months now. Mm-hmm. And she's driving him to the airport. And they're having this goodbye. And for a second, I thought he was going to turn, turn around. around. And I thought the same thing. I kept thinking, okay, this is where he turns around. Because he kept calling her name. 
game. She'd walk away, and then you'd hear him in the uh, in the background saying Anna, Anna, and he'd come running up. And I thought, oh, this is the moment. Is and it. he'd just give her another awkward kiss, and like, you see how he always like put his hand like kind of down her breast when he would like walk away from I her. I mean, Marcel is just <laughs> so, an odd little dude. I mean, was there was so like weird. one scene where he like had his hand on his hip, and I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, um, but what we do see is that she gets in her SUV and and drives away from the airport. And he so, goes through TSA check through, and unless uh, he doesn't get on the airplane, oh my gosh, and there is still a chance <laughs> that perhaps he's going to be sitting at the gate and he's going to decide not to get on the plane, and she will turn the car around and go back and pick him up at the airport. And I hate to say this, but I'm kind of holding out hope. <laughs> we are much like Anna in the situation where we're like, "Come on, Marcel, please, Marcel, don't get on the plane." <laughs> What are you doing? Uh, especially because you look at how weird he is. Like, what options is he really going to have when he gets back? You know, like, <laughs> Turkish women are beautiful. Right. I mean, I feel like, you know, his parents are obviously going to be upset now. But over time, though, you know. Well, and again, if you marry her, you're going to be living in Nebraska. It's not like you're even going to see them. Give them a couple years and then maybe it'll all be water under the bridge. I do wonder what his family dynamic is back in Turkey because, you know, as they get older, sometimes as the children you have to make preparations to kind of take care of them in their older age and if he is the only child that responsibility comes down on him and if he doesn't have any other real family who can do that i'm sure that would be somewhat of a concern that's the only thing i can possibly think where he would say ah well you know they're getting older and what if i gotta you know move them somewhere or have them with me or whatever but right. but other than that he should have just really been like hey well and, and this to me is the couple that didn't think things through from day <laughs> not, one not even a little bit like when she got that facebook friend request in the little beekeeping Facebook group that should have been like mm, decline I mean <laughs> I don't know if she should have gone down this road but again you look at her and like she's a mom of three kids lives in small town Nebraska has probably had terrible luck dating over the years right and there's probably not a lot to choose from no offense to anyone in Nebraska who listens to this podcast I don't know it might there might be tons of single men there I'm just saying that like maybe out of this just holding out hope that the man of her dreams lived in Turkey halfway around the world I guess it but at the same time this couple are they are living out what my fears were all mm. along and and they make me feel validated in my decision <laughs> like, <yes. laughs> uh so here we go marching into a new episode sunday night on tlc 90 day fiance we're gonna see michael and juliana get married we're gonna find out if mike and natalie are donezo if marcel in fact gets on the airplane and we still have some loose ends we got to tie up with some of these other couples too yeah. are they gonna make it to the altar they have 90 days and that is it oh my gosh and like uh like anna said once the k-1 visa once you leave and depart on that k-1 visa you can't come back and like like lizzo says why men great till they gotta be great, great. all right we'll see you next week don't forget to find the reality vice podcast on apple Podcasts, google play wherever you listen to podcasts rate and subscribe <laughs>